Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and you're listening to episode 174. My guest today is uh, a theme that we've been pursuing, and that is uh, recently I've had a couple of authors on the show to talk about how crowdfunding is impacting the publishing industry, and uh, a reoccurring theme is particularly around the children's book uh, space. And so my guest today is someone, a multi-book published author uh, who has a crowdfunding project that's running right now, doing quite successful. Uh, we're both excited about that. And so I want to work, welcome Julie Hedlund to the show. Julie, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you too, because uh, we, we've known each other a little bit before your crowdfunding project launched. It's going on right now at the time of the recording of this uh, episode. And within the first 24 hours, you've got to be thrilled. <laughs> I'm just ecstatic. I mean, I can, I can hardly contain myself. It's so exciting. I never would have imagined that it could go so far so fast. You know, you just, you, you, it's always, I'm sure many of your guests have said it's pretty terrifying. It is to, terrifying to press that button. And, um, cause you know, you put so much of yourself into it and out there and then uh, that launch so, button, that big red launch button, you're looking at it and you're like, oh my gosh, here we go. And I know. I yeah. even recorded myself, you know. <laughs> Pushing <screen>. the button. <laughs> yeah. That works. Felt so monumental. But, you know, yeah, it's, we're less than 24 hours in and more than 50% funded. Which already. is great for a, a children's book. So let me let the listeners know what we're talking about. The book is called My Love for You is the Sun, a picture book. It is under the children's book category on Kickstarter. You were asking for $10,000, and in the first less than 24 hours, you've hit uh, – right now you're sitting at 56%, $5,600. So that's about got to be great. You've been doing the children's book thing for a while, but even, as you just said, that was still a, this new th – excuse me, thrilling uh, idea that, okay, we're going to do crowdfunding because you're not self-publishing this book, are you? No, and that's what's uh, that's what's different about this, and that I hope will resonate and take off even within the publishing industry. I ac I have a publisher for this book, um, but it's a small indie publisher, and there are more and more indie publishers cropping up to sort of come in and take on some of those more niche books that are not getting published by the big houses. Well, um, and, know, I, and I could see that, but I could see that because what you've done here is that you've taken your concept and your fan base or built up a fan base, brought in the fans and the money to get it published. The indie uh, publisher, what they're bringing is, is a different skill set and unique uh, capabilities, right? What is the advantage that they give you? Well, I mean, it's a huge advantage being a published author tradi by traditionally published. I mean, a lot of these terms get thrown around, but what I mean is my previous books were acquired by a publisher. They bought the manuscript, got the illustrator, did all the production, and published it. And in my case, first it was two storybook apps and then a print book. And what they do is I'm not an illustrator, for example. And not only am I not an illustrator, I'm not a designer. I don't have the right. artistic eye. You're, you're a writer. So they bring in – right. They bring in the art direction uh, the production, the book design experience, um, you know, they, they know how to create a beautiful book. And in addition to that, the thing perhaps is even, so you want to, you want to get a great product. You can do that through self-publishing. Definitely. I've seen it happen. It's just that you either have to have all of those skills already, 
or you then have to hire those skills. Um, but the biggest thing about having a publisher is when we get funded, the publisher will go ahead and produce, publish, and print the book, but then they have the distribution channels. So instead of just me with a trunk full of books in my car, right. you know, going around, like the, it'll be in the major publishing databases so that any bookstore across the country can stock it, sell it online, be sold online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those channels. You, so, and I don't have to do that. Right. I don't have to put it on Amazon. The publisher will do it. You And, and you're focused. And there is a... There is a growing legitimacy of self-publishing, but there's still an inherited legitimacy of somebody else picking up the book. And so you have that advantage as well. Exactly. And I think that, I think again, as it, certainly the stigma around self-publishing is diminishing. And I think that's because there are more and more high quality self-published books out there. But I think that when we talk about publishing, it's just very important that people understand that if you are going to self-publish, you still have to get somebody to edit the book, get somebody to design the book, you know, produce a quality product, a quality product. And yes, it's, right. not all of us, if you don't, if you don't have all the skills yourself, you need to bring people in who do so that you do have a quality product. But I could see somebody looking at this saying, no, no the job of the publisher, they, they should be the one doing the funding and, and all of that. Why? I could see somebody saying, look, the publisher, all they did is they just pushed the risk off to the author. That's all they, that this crowdfunding thing has simply pushed the risk to you and to your backers. And yeah, it's a win for them. And they're going to like this because now they don't have to take on that risk. What do you, how do you respond to that? I would say in part, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. I've done a huge amount of work. Um, but the publisher is still doing a huge amount. So, for example, we brought an illustrator on board and we have a completed illustration to share in the campaign. So my publisher has already begun art directing, giving comments on the, um, on the illustrations. We've done sketches. The illustrator sketched out the whole book, so we've already done had a lot of conversations and by the way, the contracts for this <laughs> were incredibly complicated. So my agent and my publisher put in a huge amount of work. Even So even though the, the publisher in this case is not taking the financial risk, they're certainly putting a lot of resources behind it. Yeah, okay. And the bottom line is with these indie, with a lot of indie publishers who are really focusing on quality content building their list but they only have they have a very finite amount of resources because they're small businesses just like I'm a small business and you're a small business and so they just can't necessarily publish every book they might want to publish or would love to publish so i think crowdfunding could open up avenues for small publishers in addition to authors okay so to put projects out there. So, okay. Uh, that makes sense. How a small indie publisher, cause I mean, they're hungry cause I guess they're competing with everybody. And, and that I've heard it said that even though there's a lot of publishing, a lot of content out there, there's still not, there's still a scarcity of content. Every independent publisher is looking for good content 
to be able to sell books because that's how they make money selling books. They make money by selling books. And also, you know, when, especially if you're, you get a new publisher, they want to build a list. So, because just like you said, you know, the more episodes you have, the more credibility. Well, it's the same thing for a publisher, you know, the more books, more, right. It's more great reviews, more people are hearing about that publisher. So, um, it's the same thing. The more, you know, the more quality books that they are able to publish, the higher their credibility. So I have a question. Um, you're going to probably raise $20,000 on your project. Okay. Um, from your, from my, my take. Yeah. I'm going to say 20, I was going to say 25, but I didn't think you'd believe me. So let's say you make $20,000. That would be so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, my question is, is, Okay. Are you giving that to the publisher? What are you doing with that $20,000? No, or- no, no. I mean, no. Actually, I'm glad you asked that question because, um, first of all, we would have to overfund anyway just to not go out of pocket. I probably shouldn't even be saying this publicly. No, it's very common. It's very, very common. On the math. And so, you know, it, we would have to overfund probably $1,000 just to cover rewards and shipping and maybe even a little bit more than that, um, which, you know, will come out of my pocket if we don't overfund. Um, but really the biggest, and I'm sure this is true for any industry where you're doing something in an indie way. Um, but the biggest challenge is once the book is published is getting people, getting the word out there and getting it discovered. Um, going through this right now with my first book. Uh, it's just very difficult to compete with all the books out there who have PR representatives and just people. the noise. The noise is so yeah. loud. So what we would do is use the, what if we're overfunded, use that for PR and marketing to okay. help spread the word about the book. All right. Publishing the book is just the first step thing. You know, I even say this on my project description, you know, if a book is published and nobody reads it, is it still a book? (laughs) I mean, so, and, and having PR and marketing assistance make, can make a huge difference in the success or not of a, of a book. So that's what we would do with the money. If we, if we overfund. Got it. All right, and if you cross the hundred thousand dollar mark, that's not going to happen. But well, no, and, and you know the other thing too is if we really did get a lot that many backers, we might have to do a bigger print run. In which case, right, which you know, changes some of the money would be going toward that. Yeah. So, but who's doing that print run? Are you doing it, or is the publisher no, the doing? Publisher will do publisher. that. Okay, but that's part of what the funding is going for. See, that's another advantage of going of have working with a publisher. They have relationships with printers already. So you don't, you know, I don't have to find a somebody printer. in China. You're not calling China, somebody in China, you know, trying to call them up and, and they know about, they, they can manage quality control. Um, my publisher for uh, a troop is a group of monkeys just happened to be in Southeast Asia and visited the printer while these things were being printed, you know? Um, so they have relationships with printers. They have relationships with, they have a sales team. Even though it's a small publisher and it's a small sales team, it still exists. You know, brochures are getting sent to um, all of the bookstores and libraries and so on. Uh, They have the distribution channel. 
And what I think, in addition to all that, what's most important is just the artistic expertise to help make it a beautiful product in the first place. I know I couldn't do that by myself. Sure. I'm not. So let's talk about how you got here. Um, Because we've been talking about where you're going with this project, that it shows all appearances is going to be very successful. But now the question is, how did you get to this point where this has happened? Because it has caught you by, surprise isn't the right word, um, just overwhelming a little bit because you don't know. You hit that launch button. You just don't know if all your effort is going to pay off. And in your case, it would appear that it is paying off. But would be, what would be interesting to me and to the listeners is, okay, what did you do to get to this point? Because more and more, obviously, like I said, you're, we've had a couple of episodes with publishers and independent um, writers who are looking to get their work published. And they, how did you get to the point where you're going to easily raise $10,000? Well, it's every, this is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but I think everything I've done over the past four years has helped me get to this point. No, that's not Uh, a cop. That's not a cop. And that's the answer I was hoping that you would tell my listeners. I've been working very hard on not just building my platform because people talk about, oh, you know, build your platform, but I've been creating a community for writers. I've been giving a lot of information kind of like this podcast, you know, when you put out something, um, in my case, it's the blog or when I contribute on another podcast, um, or creating, you know, the, the, the writing challenge that we talked about before we went on the air, I ran that for free for a whole year, um, and created a community of people. And I think, what I'm always trying to do is help other writers. So when I decided to go ahead and do this crowdfunding, one of the things that came to mind is how can I use this experience to then help other people who are going to come after me? So one of the things I did was I created a whole series. I put a whole series of blog posts. It was five day series on why crowdfunding, why am I crowdfunding my next picture book and why should you care? So I was communicating with my audience about the fact that I'm not, yes, I'm doing this for me because I want to publish this book, but I'm also trying to uh, get the word out there about new publishing models and new opportunities that might be available to others as well. So one thing I would say is definitely engage your audience way ahead of time and not just the, look, this is what I'm going to do. I hope I'll have your support, but you really have to explain to them why they should care. What is it going to mean for them? Because it's rewarding to just help somebody achieve their dream. But seriously though, people want to know, right. Really want to know what's behind it, what's in it for them. So that's one thing I did. So let's, 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 uh, do a t- couple of touch points right there. And I'm going to apologize to our listeners for my two giant schnauzers that just made a lot of noise in the background while you were talking. I apologize about that. The podcast that you contribute to, there's another podcast that you've been uh, actively involved with. What's, what's that called? It's called Brain Burps About Books, and it's hosted by my friend Katie Davis. Um, it's a great podcast for anyone interested in children's literature. And your and your website, uh, excuse me, your blog that you talk about this challenge and where you've put these things out. Where can people find that blog? Uh, it's www.julieheadland.com. Headland is H-E-D-L-U-N-D, and, and you just click on the blog tab. 
and your you have a, this twelve for twelve challenge that you've developed, and that right. is just writers join, and it, I have three different levels. In fact, it's it's just launching again. I only open registration for two months at the beginning of each year because that's part of my strategy for making it a tight knit community. Um, but the goal is people who join try to write one picture book draft a month every month, and I have. You know, we have featured authors who come in and at the higher levels, you get to submit to an agent um, outside of the slush pile, which is a really, you know, big advantage. So over the course of my career, I've tried to think about what are the pain points for writers. I know for me, you know, getting an agent was just a really big pain point. So that was one of the things I wanted to do with 12 by 12 was make it give people a chance, you know, to, to, to get an agent. So I have built up my community, not just a platform, but a community. And I've been doing it over the course of four years. So yes, I do. I have an audience that's out there. Um, but so everything that you do, I think in your career that ultimately gets you to the point, not just where maybe you can crowdfund, but it just presents all kinds of opportunities for you. So I'm a big advocate of that. Okay. The and other, so so oh. there's a, there's a gap then we only have just a minute or two left. There's a gap then between that community that you've built up and then getting them to take a course of action to support this project now. Right. right. So you can build it up, but at what point and how do you then, reach in and say, okay, time for you to give back to me. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you make it really easy for them. So like I said, first I gave, I give them five, you know, meaty blog posts on what crowdfunding is and why it might matter to them. Then when I go and ask, I make it clear that I am asking you for your help. This is a project I believe in, you know, with all my heart and, you can help in two ways. You can contribute financially and you can also share. And I, I included swipe copy, you know, click to tweets, messages that they could just copy and paste onto Facebook. Um, and how did and you, I, how did you get this to them? Did you just straight through email? I, I've, and this was uh, a, a tactic that a Kickstarter coach, Scott James gave me, but I took everybody, I've made a list of like 40 different groups of people um, and thought, put them in order of who is most likely to res find this will resonate with them and want to support me. And I sent them a targeted email like you, you know, my 12 by 12 people. And this is why um, I'm sending this email to you and here's how you can help. So I've used email. I haven't even sent like a mailing to my newsletter yet. I intend to do that today. Um, because this book was so personal to me, uh, my family obviously played a significant sure. role. And people forget, you know, that, oh, that doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yes, you it know, does. It can't. Your platform. And um, so. so. Julie. We're out of time. Okay. But it's been great. The, the I content. Hope I hope I gave enough of an answer that people could implement, you know, something. Oh, no, you gave more than that. And it's obvious that there's a lot more here for you to share. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show and contributing. And congratulations on the success that you've had. You've obviously done a great job of giving this out there. So thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks.
You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Julie Hedlund. You can find her at julieheadland.com for her uh, project. It's called My Love for You is the Sun, a children's book that's doing very well on Kickstarter right now. She's given us some great, great stuff. Uh, I certainly have been inspired, and I hope that you have. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Take care.